Okay, we're on air. We're on air. So, we today is the what, what is the date actually? And we are at the Whitmore Community Centre in East London, and I am here with Newton Dunbar. Yes, here and present. And Sarah, and I don't remember your surname. Badu. Badu. Sarah Badu. Ken. You've got. You've got to speak really clearly into the mic, Ken. And we and Rick Crust. So today we are going to talk about community and the importance of community, but also how we our personal identity is linked to the community that we are uh, part of, and whether it is or whether it isn't, and you know, do how important is. Um, the community around us and how inspired are we by the people that are around us so let's kick things off by just um, maybe going around the table and thinking about what community each of us is part of so Newton is there a particular community that you have an affinity with or that you're kind of linked to in any way yes um, my link is Dual is both Dalston, which is a part of the main community, Hackney. So that's really about a place. You're you're linked to a place. Yes, a place, and also an entity, which is um, the entertainment entity of those two places aforementioned. So when you say entertainment, is it like, do you feel like you're part of a music community? That's correct, yes. Okay, so... Oh, entertainment community. Entertainment community. So is that a kind of fixed group of people or or, or does it change? It doesn't change, but it is very fluent. It uh, has been activated probably before my time on a different scale, time scale, and a different proactive scale. It is now much more substantial, and the two flows into each other. And this is where it's at at the moment, uh, interactive. Okay, we'll come back to that. Um, Sarah, what, what community would you say you're linked to or a part of? Or communities, actually. Me, my community is the whole of London. I okay. love London. I'm everywhere in London. I'm in Westminster. I'm in South Kensington. I am in Hackney. I am in Dalston. I am in Barkingside, Clacton-on-Sea. For, for me, a community is very important. The people that you get involved with anywhere. You know, as long as there's people there, there's a community centre there you can go and make friends with. And it's very important, each area, like Hackney, Dalston, Leighton, Waldham Forest, all this, I feel like the MP is very important to have a community group in the area. People can meet, um, socialise and be friends. So on a let let's just take it onto a more kind of personal level. Obviously, you don't know everyone in London, um, but you feel like you're part of the community of because London. I go to all the centre and I make friends with all of them. I feel like I know them. <laughs> That's just me, you know. I go, I get invited 
and uh, everywhere, all the community people I know, like I know you, I know your radio station is coming here today, and I said, oh, I must contact Lucia, I must come to the radio station. I'm, I'm happy to go to every community and voice my opinion. For me, community is important. doesn't matter what, where you come from, and be friendly, be polite, and get to know the people, get to know your, your local community. <coughs> okay. Well, um, I'm going around the table, but I'll come back to that as well. So, Ken, Ken. Oh, well, that was really absorbing, so I'm so happy, for, you know, that to meet someone like you, Thank who's you. really, really engaged with the community. Thank I you. think that community is becoming uh, more important now. I think we, we've, mm -hmm. we've gone through this period of time where um, everyone sort of got very nuclear in the families, and everyone started mm -hmm. staying indoors, and, you know, they had their yeah. televisions, and we had this very you know, from playing on the streets when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and there was a sense of community. And I don't, I'm actually quite old, but um, so, and that that sort of all got lost as TV became part of people's um, mm -hmm. life. And for about 20, 30 years, it was like it got to the stage where it's sort of like people didn't go out of their door really. And I th it's great to see now. And I think, unfortunately, I think the sense of community has come back now because we've been let down a lot by politicians and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, I feel personally that very, um, I feel personally very connected with my community. I live in Ridley Road. I love living there. And I'm part of a community of emerging artists. I'm going to have to keep talking now until we come back. Exactly. Yeah, emerging artists. I run a gallery there. And I, I just love people coming around and sort of all the different ways that they exhibit their work and stuff like that. And we've got the fantastic Curve Garden in Dawson as well, which is a real focus for the community. And I think that sort of having a garden is probably one of the best ways of bringing the community together. Um, and what else have I got to say about that? It's, and also, it's, it's a bit of a shame that communities can really be destroyed by developers and, and uh, there's no, you know, people have to fight for their community. We, we have uh, Paulina who has just joined us. Come, come and bring a chair. Come and join in. Come and sit next. There's a chair, There's a chair here. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. We're just talking about community. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you doing? Um, so let's keep going. Rick. But speak really into the mic. So we're talking about community. Yeah. And you probably want to know what communities I belong to. Exactly. Yeah. The answer is, I've given this a lot of thought, I don't know. Okay. Because I, the way I look at it, I don't think mm. a community is a static thing at all. I probably belong to multiple communities which mm. keep changing in their nature, as I do as well, mm. all the time. So it's more like a network of, of people, yeah. sometimes related to the actual place which yeah. I'm in, sometimes not. For example... Um, a, a community that I'm definitely part of would be the community of the people in the street that I live in. And it's only a community, it's only a sense of community since we've all got, had to get together to fight a planning application which would affect us quite mm. severely. Before that, we hardly knew each other. But through that not yet successful struggle, we've, um, we all know each other a lot better. So that's one example of a community of, of endeavour, I suppose. 
another community may be, I suppose, I'm part of a community of older people living in this area. I know, yeah. I know so many of them. I don't know if many of those people would regard me as being part of their community, but that's how I, I look at them. And I can look around the, the room at who else is here, this is Lucia. We're a community of people interested in, in radio. And Pauline, right. you're part of my community, because I've known you about seven years, and you, you're always there. Newtown, you don't see you quite as often, but you know, we go share similar interests, don't we? We say hello. Sarah, in the same way. Yeah. Ken, I haven't known you for so long, but we definitely share the sort of same social space and cultural space from time to time. So here, in Whitmore Community Centre, I feel like I am part of the community which is served by the community centre. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Um, and I, I agree that um, I think communities are in flux and they change according to you know, what you're doing and what your activities are. And we, you know, we surround ourselves with different people according to different activities. And I know, Paulina, for example, you, you're, you have a, a community as part, you're part of a church, so that's quite an important community to you. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? About the church. Well, about that community. Yeah, about that. Am I speaking to the world? Yes. Yes, well, good afternoon, world. Good afternoon, people. I'm Paulina. I just came in. I thought it was half past two o'clock or whatever, but it just doesn't matter. I still come. And I'm going to speak to you about the community. Well, I'm part of the community, and I do quite a bit in the community. And um, it's good that... Um, we are the people in the community can able to sort of socialize with each other, have parties and jump around, and a um, bit of laugh, bit of laughter, socializing, all sort of things we do. And um, the community is one of, is one great um, opportunity what we do have to um, get to know people, get to understand people. Am I seeing it right? Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And um, I'm also part of the, reli the reli religious um, community as well also, which now I know I find that also this also helps to gather people together to understand each other and to um, socialize with each other as well also. And, you know, it brings out the brightness in our lives, our everyday lives, because there's people also suffering in their homes, cannot get out, come or go, or come or go wherever they need to go. And also it's um, helped people to, um, because the isolation and people live in all these high blocks, which I don't like. I don't like heights myself. I've got to be on the ground with Rick High, and we, you know what I mean, jump around sometimes and, you know what I mean, we feel around sometimes and we, <laughs> you know, keep the community going as well, you know. And um, so at least we wake people up, you understand, the both of us. And then maybe probably I will get other members in the community who comes here and there to, we will get together to laugh with each other. And I like your hair, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I could, but I, I obviously can't say it. But it's. Um... Thank you, Pauline. We met before, have we not? Yes, we we spoke before, didn't we? We spoke yes. before about the um, yeah. social care and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, but 
<laughs> yeah. Can I, Let's keep can it I, nice and light um, today. I think actually, um, Paulina, you made a really good point about isolation and the fact that, um, and Ken, you kind of touched on this as well, mm. that um, there's this kind of nostalgia for a time when there was m- more a sense of community and people hung out with each other more, people kind of were out on the street, there was more kind of connection yes. and people are uh, kind of hiding away in their houses and their flats a bit too much these mm. days and they ha- you really have to kind of make an effort now if you want to um, keep in touch with uh, your neighbours or your the people that live around you and, and as Sarah you said you know you do, you go out there and you're, 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 you make sure that you are connected to all these yeah. different communities. I think w- what is happening nowadays people are, you know, all those electronic games, you know TV. Long time ago, we didn't have TV. People would listen to the radio. Not everybody have radio in the house. And you see people on the street having street party. Neighbors talking to each other. Friendly, you know. But nowadays, everybody got TV. All those modern equipment. Play game at home. Kid doesn't want to go out. They are in the indoors playing with, with game. But community center is important. I feel that all the MP councillor should get involved with those community centres and make sure that there is a community centre people can go there and meet and have a certain programme educate people, get together that's very important I, I, I get what you're saying but should it be the role of a community centre? I mean it's a great place to meet up and to kind of connect with people but isn't it our own, shouldn't we be trying to connect with people just in our everyday lives rather than um, waiting for other people to organize that? Yeah, I'd like to offer something. Well, when it comes to the, in the community, I, don't, I believe, to my knowledge, it's like it's not the uh, MPs, it's for us because they give us the horizon already they give us the um, whatever they've got to give. So then we are the ones going to sort of get the people out and use up our own initiative knowledge and the common sense, what we've got, to be out there, to advertise, to bring people in because they already put that thing out and then we are the one who's searching in the community for different type of um, funding to be open up all these places and to entertain people a lot more, which now the community, they do entertain, but if the people them are, you'll find people are very stubborn and they're lazy, they cannot be bothered. And while they cannot be bothered, you understand, the head who runs the community, run any community in London or any part of England, right, they are doing their greatest best and they are really reaching out for people through um, emails, through letters, through um, advertisement, all kind of things, or pamphlet, or bulletin, or so forth. So these things are out there for each person. This is a community, right? And the community is here. But then we cannot go out and knocking at doors or so, because we already got the uh, facilities. We already got these, um, um, these um, outreach where we've got to reach it's like you say, say for instance now, in the religious states, we've, um, you've got churches in the communities, you've got 
maybe part of pastors, deacon or evangelists or so, they go around with pamphlets and giving it all to people and entertain people into where they got to go. Whether even they're telling lies or the truth or so, but at least they're doing something with it. So we are here, are the ones to be helping the Ed who are caring for us to help him or her or Rika to build up a community. So, so in a way, you're you're saying there are you know there are all these resources, but it is our own responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Newton, did you have anything to add? Well, <clears throat> well, in today's in today's terms, um, we are kind of fractured aspect of what substantially is the, the whole, because without those assisting aspect of what Pauline has just said, there is something that was said long before there were radios, long before there were television, and long before we had such sophisticated outreach departments, and it was said by someone called Shakespeare, and one of his most well-known statements was that all the world's a stage and men and women are players. And that, he said, from that time factor, which has outreached to time factors before this, and substantially so in this time factor, because without a stage for all the things that we advocate doing, we do not get to any kind of destination in that realm. So, even though what we now have has been fractionalized, um, it was said on one platform and through just one aspect of what was there at the time, which if you look at it in retrospect, it was nothing. It was just something that was once made in a statement and it found its way into literature, which lasts much longer and is visited much more um, frequently than any of the things that we have in situ today. Um, Ken and Rick, do you think there's, I mean, it's kind of interesting, like this, um, this idea that there's this kind of nostalgia for this time where everyone was out and yeah. people were, all neighbours talked to each other and there was life in the streets and everyone hung out and played piano and they weren't watching telly and all this kind of stuff. I think idealising it a little bit. I think we used to play on bomb sites after the war, you know, and we were sort of, a, and uh, you know, there, there was there was obviously not enough stimulation around. I mean, if you've ever watched um, that um, film Vera Drake by Mike Lee, it's very drab and it's it's quite dull and and it was, you know, it you know there was there was only the street probably to play on, like you say. Sarah, then once we got all the technologies come into our lives and it's, uh, it's made us more insular. And, um, yeah, I, when you say nostalgia, I, I'm kind of 
it sort of sounds as if it's a retro thing. It's like as if people have got this romanticised idea of it. That's what I'm asking. Is it romanticised? I think... Well, it's not a bad romantic idea, but it wasn't really as if it was that great in many respects. I mean, it was great that there was more sense of a community. And I, I think we should maybe look at what, how we can reconstruct those communities again in terms of sort of people having this space. I mean, I, I suppose like when I was in Berlin, I visited Berlin a, a couple of years ago, and this, there was quite a lot of places to sit on the street. It's like, whereas that is kind of like discouraged a lot in, in England. You know, there'd be like little chairs and little garden. I noticed they got one down on Hoxton Street now. And I don't know whether it works. They try to create these micro gardens. And, and well, I guess the excuse here is the weather. But in Berlin, yes. the weather is yeah, as bad, yeah, if yeah, not yeah, worse. Yeah. So, Yeah, I suppose, it, you know, weather does help. I mean, when, when, when we do have nice weather, we are a different nation of people. I mean, I personally, I don't know where you're from, Dunbar. Berlin's in Germany. It's quite cold. It's near Russia. But I love the, I love, you know, whenever I see uh, um, films about uh, the West Indies, like, um, I can't remember, some of the, Jamaica and everywhere. Uh, I just, I love that, the colour and the light and the sort of the street and, and the sort of, you know, the sense that you go home to go to bed. <laughs> you know, you used it's an to... illusion, though, as in terms of how it really is. Yes, and that's, yeah, that's, this is it, isn't it? We all have illusions of this idealised, utopic life that yep. we're having. How, how is it really? Tell us. Well, um, the visual aspect of where I'm from, which is Jamaica, um, has completely changed and it's, it's gone in retrograde where the main aspect of being anywhere is concerned and that is that you either knowingly feel safe or not knowingly be unsafe by not taking into account the facts of life as they really are. Jamaica personifies and in the visionary aspect of a paradise and it has all the attributes the garden aspect and the warmth aspect and of course the beauty that is shown through the eyes that we look at it from and at whatever distance but the fact, are, the fact is that it always will be so in my mind because I grew up at the time when I didn't realize it then but it was definitely a paradise in all aspects because it was much much safe, safer and whereas safety is concerned and a, a especially personal safety um, one could view that as a number one um, circumstances that would contribute to that in actual fact. So sometimes some things may look idyllic and when we actually experience it, it turns out to be some other aspect. But this is not to say that one should not venture and explore that, but you should also have the knowledge that be careful. 
<laughs> People, it's me again in the hair, okay? Well, I've just listened to Newton. You're speaking about the Caribbean. Well, I'm going to speak about the Caribbean, a bit about the Caribbean. And I, what I see of the Caribbean, the Caribbean really doesn't really run by Caribbean. It runs by international wider people. So um, when it comes to the, the careful of that aspect, I don't look out for that. I just, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for what can you get out of it? What can you do in it? What can you achieve from it? It's not about the people. It is not about, it's just about the, um, the, what would I say, the community of people. The way of things is now, and um, Lucia, it's not just, it's your people run a lot of the Caribbean as well. Yes, I've got to put you that Italians, yes. Yeah, I'm the Scotchman, yes. Yes, right. And also, not the Irish, they took them a long time ago, but the Scotchman owns the majority of that place and the Italian all. Right, yes. Why, why did you check the Irish out? <laughs> I don't know why they found them out. They, they, they Dominicans and... Do you the know Montserrat, 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 the Montserrat people? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Montserrat, they actually take a, a, a week off for for um, for St Patrick's Day in Montserrat. And I was like, I was, I investigated this, and I thought, well, this is really interesting because I, I spoke to this uh, the doctor. I didn't know the doctor on Ridley Road or the big guy with the the big. Uh, he's got his hair all wrapped up. And I was under the impression that he said he learnt they in Montserrat they learnt um, English from the Irish, and I thought oh well, so so the Irish were there. I thought they were the masters, but in actual fact, a lot of Irish people during the potato blight were sent over by the um, English to Montserrat, to and they were actually tr- uh, slaves. They were white slaves, and they were treated a lot worse than the black slaves. So it's quite an interesting little piece of hidden history that so I was just curious when you said the Irish were chucked out because it's like um, there's there's, there's quite a lot of sort of uh, you know interbreeding between Irish and Africans in in, in Montserrat yes because you find that um, it's so interbreeding is the wrong word Um, um, international (laughs) uh, some sort of uh, yeah whatever the word is cross pollinate cross pollinate that's good Hybrid vigor. They must have all been flowers. Interbreeding. Interbreeding is something else. That's you do. You do that with someone in your family. So it's. I got. I got. I got. I got the words wrong there. So. Okay, we've got Kenya. We have a bit of laugh. Okay, the world. So we could laugh at me. Yeah, but then because you know in this time. You see, when you haven't really travelled back those places for years and years and years, you cannot really see a lot of it, what's going on. But people's going there often, they actually look out and they see what's happening over there, right? Because those places used to be, um, have 
like the Syrians, right? Maybe probably new information, Syrian race or where I don't know, right? Syrians or the the white Australians and um, these other type of people. You understand? So, you see, when it comes to these the parts in the Caribbean, it's not really a Caribbean mo as much as what it was before, when, um, <coughs> like, you just say back in so many days, about 40 years ago and so forth, and 45 years ago, when people were much more integrated with each other, it's just the same place as here. Yeah, but then you find that the, I believe I heard Sarah said about technology. Technology takes over the whole world. And because it takes over the whole world now, you find that um, a lot of um, integrate people are not together anymore. You yeah. find that once uh, people living there, you probably find that corner, you find the Italians there, you find Syrians in that corner, you probably find the, the whole place covered by um, Scottish and all this and that <laughs> and Japanese and the, the Hong Kongese and the Chinese and anybody else, the Vietnamese, you understand, and so forth. And uh, Lucia wants to take the mic from me because she doesn't want to hear me talk about her own Italiano place <laughs> in Jamaica. So when I go back there, I'm going to chuck them out and run them out and then take them where, you hear me? People, so listen to me, man, I'm being a talk, you know. Hallelujah. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. I'm going to run them, but I cannot run the British man because the whole lamp on that place, because that place belongs to them. Well, officially it doesn't, but yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I'm what scared now. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the reason the reason I took the mic was. Um, yeah, Irish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> can, can I say something? Yeah, I wanted yeah. to actually, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. I, um, go For ahead. Me, you know, it's very very important about community group because in my area, there was a guy. You know, I can name his name. He moved now. He went to live in in uh, uh, Swansea. And his name was Tony Hawking. He was the uh, neighborhood watch leader. And he was a very good organizer. You know, he used to knock on people's doors, give us leaflet, and said, set, set date in the summertime, we're having a street party. Everybody put a table in front of your house. Everybody cook something and get to know your neighbors. And he organized that. And we miss him. Now he's a retire. He went back. And the street, nobody's doing anything. And me, myself, by myself, I can't do it. This is it. I, I think, you like, uh, you, you, we can't expect, yeah. you know, like you're saying, like, yeah. I think we need to learn to take that initiative. More people need to sort of, like, yeah. get together, form, um, not community, collectives that can organise this thing. I mean, the government itself um, has... Is, is is pushing for what they call peer-to-peer -peer support, which basically means they're trying to do away with services so that they can get the citizens to actually help each other. Now, yeah. in many respects, that is that, that would, be, on a cynical point of view, mm -hmm. you would think that the government is doing this in order to save money, and that is true. But also, there is another aspect to that, and I think you've yeah. touched on it there, Sarah, by saying people should really start galvanising themselves and not be the, the children of the government and should be taking initiatives and they should be forming groups and they should be getting out. And I hate saying the word should, 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 should. But 
it's up to the individual. And basically, it's because people don't always get on with each other. Yeah, <laughs> but especially, you know, in my, in my street, you know, when Tony left, there was a couple. Those couple was grown-up couple in, in their 40, 45 years old, husband and wife. They didn't have small children, and they took over, organized the street party. You know, like five pounds, you know, if uh, to, they have to apply with the council to close the road, you know, for the car to move away the car, and they have to have music, because where I live, there's a park, and they use part of the park to put the bouncy castle for the kids to play in the, you know, in the park as well. And that woman now, because now she's got children, she's got grandchildren, she hasn't got time. Nobody took over. You need that special people to go and knock on people's doors and organize street party, and you can get to know your neighbors. Um, can I ask, who knows their neighbors? Rick, do you know your neighbors? I actually do, but the people who live next door. Well, yes, your, 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 your neighbors and in general, the people who live I around you. I would say you. in the street, probably know half of them. My partner Kathy knows all of them. So, which is so very she, unusual, she, yeah. I think, so she, d- and that is yeah. because she makes the effort to get to know people. Or it's what she's done. She doesn't make an effort. It's what she's always done. Now, right. some people are like that yeah. naturally, yeah. and some people respond to it. But uh, I mean, going back to what Sarah was saying, I think if nothing happens when an individual leaves, you haven't really got a community at all. Yeah. It, what you have before is people who would like to be part of a community, but always relying on something or else to, to, yeah. to organise a party yeah. or an yeah. event yeah. which isn't really a community feeling it, in mm. some ways it seems to me it's almost like a substitute for a, a community because the community should just exist and not rely on one or two people organising something and I, think, I don't have any solutions to that it's just mm. an observation yeah. and I don't know how we overcome that but I think in, in the, the, where we are now in London and in this country generally it is a I wouldn't call it a problem, but it's something missing, something which I miss. And it's not something which has disappeared, because I can remember from the 50s, late 40s and 50s in this country, those, that is not a, a country I would want to go back to at all. Mm. It's all a myth. It was yeah. boring. Did I say that loud enough? It was boring. It was something to escape from in search of community. That's my personal experience, and I know everyone here has had a different life. But there you go. We're talking about this country, aren't we, in London yeah. at the moment. But, but I, I think... Can I, back, can back I say to, something yeah, from yeah. what uh, Rick said? But now, you know, we've we got community group, you know. Each borough now, you know, you can apply for fun to have this, you know, like this community going, you know. People can meet in the community centre, make I think, friends. I, I, think what I think that's important. I, 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 yeah. I get... I think it is, but I yeah. think what Rick... Yeah. was m- saying more was that um we it's why do we need to rely or if you're relying on funding and you're yeah. relying on a specific individual to to organize things then maybe that's not a real community it's but more then that person you know should be mm. available you know like everybody work 5 days a week 7 days a week nowadays and they don't have time this is a problem sure you know? In okay. my opinion, this is a problem. I, I don't, I don't know work, whether it's they, ha- they haven't have got time. Children, so, you I know? don't know if they haven't got time. They, it's a literally, it's kind of like a lack of initiative and a sort of self-interest. It's yeah. like, you know, 
it's you know, you know there's one when Rick was talking there was a, the line in the book um, Bob Geldof's book when he he obviously did Live Aid and the the, the I mean he, I don't think he says that much that that's of great interest but on the front of the book he says the only reason why I did Live Aid is not because I'm qualified because he's not it's because no one else was going to do it now that is a phenomenal achievement to be able to create live aid by one individual and it's i think it's up to individuals to sort of to take those initiatives and not be sort of so dependent on the person that's good at organizing you need that every everybody can do it if they want to you need that special person you know who got that that uh you know We're all special people. No, but you need to that uh, that person that is available because you know nowadays you got you know in my street now everybody is young couple with kids work you know five six days a week and they don't have time. They told me. Sarah, let me let me say but, something. But, here. Yeah. On the street where I live, right? Yeah. Um, we don't have a community center. We don't have any funding. Nobody gets that. But the young people with children, the young families who've been moving in there. Yeah. They, have, they are the ones who are creating community. They've got, they, they sense that they are part of a community. They've got common interests um, in their life and where they live. And they have not been seeking out funding to sort of show people as part of a community. They've just sort of coalesced together. And they feel they're part of a community. It's quite mm. obvious. Without mm. saying we are a community. Mm. And they're welcoming in the older inhabitants as well. To my That's great surprise, good. me and Cathy, right. we're not actually the oldest inhabitants, but we've certainly been there a lot longer than them. Mm. They consider us to be part of their world, which really we don't know much about at all. Mm. But you see, it's not about community centres or community groups. It's about the people themselves collectively. Yeah, but the and problem, well, if they've um, got time... Open, open. Everybody's alive. You've got your time. You've got your life. How much rubbish At TV do you watch? Exactly. And can I just say quickly that yeah. they probably would gain more time if there were people in their street that they knew who could look after their kids when they need to go off uh, and do some shopping or something yeah. like that. So once you've got this sense of community yeah. around you, yeah, you probably yeah. gain time, yeah. actually, yeah. you know? Actually, you've reminded me of something else that I've saw. That's a, a, a really interesting initiative where, um, you know, people are in care homes that really don't have much contact, and also we've got these housing problems at the moment. But they've got an experiment in Denmark, and that's where the students are actually living rent-free in the care homes. They give some of their time, like twenty or thirty hours, time a a week to uh, be with the and and have time with the carers. So I think this whole thing maybe we should start thinking about how we use our time yeah, and how that's we important. Yeah, and how we yeah. sort of like can use our time and exchange our time and spend time doing things together. And you can see how the time fly, you know? You time wake flies. up in the morning, suddenly <laughs> it's afternoon, suddenly it's night time. How do you do anything? The time's gone. Um, I think <laughs> I think um, the idea of a community is very much exploited without fully understanding what it means. In one aspect of things, we are individuals and we prize that aspect of ourselves. But in another way, 
we want to have, like, I suppose it's a gang aspect, one could say, of people with like, or what they think is like um, desires, meeting together and being able to call on one another. But at the end of it all, we like to term and to act as an individual, which is really what we are, basically. And if you look at nature, um, the things that produce probably the most honey, <laughs> the one that act in aspect of a community, hives, and most insects which were here before us actually chose the aspect on a positive note to live. But we who are the later occupants of this planet choose to do this in an individual way. And when we've achieved that, then we start looking to be in a community. I wonder if um, subconsciously we're actually taking a tip from nature as it was in the beginning. So that community aspect comes into play when you're an individual and you're free and you're able to make your own decisions and moves. Then we crave for what we've not really understood. I've got something to add there as well. And Sorry. You know, we, we look at it as the beat and end of it of our dissatisfaction of, of being an individual yes, that doesn't satisfy us. So we look to nature. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is, is, is interesting there about the dissatisfaction that individuals have. That's right. And I think what's happened, um, what's happening in society, or has been happening, is that we're all driven by consumerism. That's and we right. think that things outside of us are going to make us happy. The objects, the car, the, the, the car's going to get you the woman, the, the yeah. woman, then you get the house. and then it's, So it's, it's a lot to do about striving of the individual. Yes. And as we've sort of lost that sort of, uh, that way of sort of like looking... Confidence of being an individual, yeah. and and you know as well. No, now, something terrible yeah. you start no, just I won't be, I won't be <laughs> I just said that you know, young couple nowadays, you know, they got mortgage. They have to work six days a week. All they do, they say, oh, I only got Sunday to do my laundry, to look after my kid, do my shopping. They haven't got time. That's what they say. You know, some young couple I talk to them, they say they haven't got time, which is true. You know. You see, um, <laughs> you see, you see what we're speaking about. We are speaking about the community people. Yeah. Now, if we sit down and concentrate and just work, 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 yeah. see, because why? We, we was we used to run a good community, and it's not about the government. It's not about funding. It's about us. And we used to bring the coming together, whether we work 10 days a week or whatever, but every one of us was a worker. And then we find time to do everything because to get the young people out, I'm talking about the children, we do different things, street party, we do games, all sort of things used to go on into that community, bingo, all sort of things. And um, you see, but because the way how things is and the way how they... They take away a lot of the um, things from the community. The community 
you know what I mean, um, sit back and said, how do we start? Where do we go? They're not speaking about funding. They're speaking about um, what do we do? Because you find it's not about people not working. It's about people or in work. So they use that as part of the uh, volunteers. So because everybody's a volunteer, they do this and they do that, right? But then, you know, it's not about people going to work six and ten days a week. Everybody will, you're surprised to see how much people are working and they do so much thing with their time on the children. Because, you, you know what I mean? Because if they spend time just children and work, they're not getting anywhere. But there's a lot of people out there today I know who's doing, who's running this place and that place and doing this. Some of them have got two jobs and they still make time for other things. Because we are the community and we are the ones have to make the community successful or enjoyable for other people to get other people out. We have to blow the horn. We have to blow the whistle. Everybody, have a good laugh. Thank you, Paulina. I agree. And I, I think just back to what Ken was saying and actually Newton's point about um, maybe it's not so much about kind of, um, you know, humans taking uh, inspiration from insects and that humans have been individuals and they should, you know, um, take inspiration from the beings that were before us. I think actually humans have always worked in communities. It's just this strange moment in time that we're in now where... We, are, we have become incredibly individualistic and we're very kind of um, focused on what makes, what's good for us as an individual. And, you know, as you say, you know, the car, the wife, whatever, um, you know, buy, buying things will make us feel better. And actually we've moved away from, people have always lived in groups. They've always lived as a, as a kind of uh, a family or a larger community or, you know, it gets bigger technology, and bigger. Technology allows us in its own way to be a community on that level because the internet and Twitter and what have you is, and even as people now have to live with a telephone in their hand day and night, walking along the street or whatever, to be in touch with what technology allows us to be in touch with. And that is connecting on the level that community aspires to be. Um, as I say, technology assists us into that aspect of things. And we are sitting here as individuals talking about it. It's an asp aspiration that we all like to think we can connect with and that it is part of our lives. But really it's not, because we all are individuals, we all um, respect and aspire to have our own, uh, I suppose you could call it privacy, as an individual. That is inherent in our makeup, in our construction as a human being. And yet, having achieved that to a greater extent, we now crave for and think that community 
and we don't fully understand what a community is. A community is very closely adhered individual on, on all levels, and that is where the lack of understanding of what a community really is. Okay, we're just going to hold that thought and have a little musical break so that we can all have a cup of tea. Oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> David Crockett was the king of the wild frontier. Taming down the 